Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 78 of the NeuroEdge podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to the episode today. The name of today's episode is 10 Predictors of Longevity. And if you're younger, you may not be as concerned with the idea of longevity. When you're younger, you tend to think you're going to live forever, that you're invincible, and that is not always the case. And whether you are a younger person or an older person, we can all take lessons from these different indicators of longevity. And it's something that regardless of whatever age we are, we wanna make sure that we are doing everything everything we can to ensure that we are healthy, happy, vibrant human beings. And these are all gonna be things that we can kind of monitor on ourselves to make sure that we are doing things that are healthy. Again, these aren't gonna be the end all be all, but there are little things that you can notice and pick up on throughout your life, wherever you may be at on your health and fitness journey that you can kind of take back, take a step back and say, oh, okay, I noticed that this one thing may be slacking. This might be an indicator that my health is going down. So these think about them as leading indicators. So in the business world, there's lagging indicators and leading indicators. These can be things that you can look at in your life and say, oh, okay, this is where this certain metric is at. And I can use this to predict health span. And that word health span is more of a term of how healthy are you over time and not aging and aging sickly where you are in pain and in disease and everything like that. But how can we live long and healthy lives? Because I think that's the goal. As we are here as humans, we don't get to get time back and we want to make sure that we are maximizing our life to the fullest and doing everything we can to take care of our bodies so we can enjoy our lives and have the highest level of consciousness possible. So as always, before I get into everything, don't forget about the community. If you want to join the link in the description of this video, it is over on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called the Frontier Elite Tactics to Unlock Superhuman Performance. And what we're going to be doing is talking about health problems, health things that we can do to improve our health and ultimately become the highest performing version of ourselves in every area of life, our work, our relationships, and our creative pursuits and how we can maximize those and enjoy the time we are here because that's what today's episode is about. It's about longevity. So if this type of content resonates with you and you want to be around people that are seeking something similar, I have noticed one thing that in my life, especially given what is going on during the year of 2020 is that we as humans crave connection. When we want to connect with other people, especially other people that have the same value system and are aligned with achieving the same goals that we have. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely hop on up, check it out, come on the inside because we could do a lot of cool things that aren't on the podcast per se. But now that that's out of the way, so let's talk a little bit about longevity. Now what, I hinted this before, but what is longevity? To me, I guess there's a dictionary definition, but to me, longevity is the ability to live long, but also live a long, fruitful, healthy, vibrant life. And I think, and I would have to look at statistics, I didn't put put these together for today's episode, but if you look, probably the human lifespan on average is a little bit longer now. However, if you look, is that lifespan something to be proud of? You look at a lot of people now, I mean, geez, what if is it like two out of three Americans are overweight? And then you look at people, especially as they age and they get in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. That is not an enjoyable time for a lot of people because 
they aren't healthy. So how many people you know as they get into their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s that they are dealing with serious health problems that are limiting their ability to enjoy life? And when we get to that age, whether you're that age now or you're younger and you're looking forward to that age, we want to make sure that we have the biological vehicle and vessel and ship that's going to carry us to enjoy that age so that we can maximize our time as humans on this planet and do whatever we want to do. I think a lot of people get to that age and think, oh, I'm just going to work until I can retire and then I'm just going to chill out. And to me, that would sound, that sounds like one of the most disturbing things you could do because as humans, we always should be growing and pursuing and learning something. Regardless, if you're an infant or you're the oldest person on the planet, we should always be in pursuit of learning, knowledge, how to get better, how to get better uh, in terms of our skill set and what we'd like to do, and then also how do we get better to help contribute to the well-being of others around us. So to me, longevity is having the meat suit, so to speak, this biological vehicle that allows us to enjoy into old age and continue to grow and learn instead of kind of shriveling up and then just withering away and dying in old age. We want to make sure that we are vigorous and vibrant and enjoying life as we age. And again, whatever, if you're in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, that's something that we can all keep in mind to ensure because I think regardless of where, wherever you're at in your life, there are people that care about you. There are people that love you and care about you. And you want to make sure that you are doing everything you can to be healthy so that you can contribute to those people and reciprocate that love and care to them as well. So that's what longevity means to me. And that's why I think it's so important to take care of your health. A lot of people will sacrifice their health for the pursuit of work or for the pursuit of pleasure or whatever it is. And that could be in the form of overeating, drugs, alcohol, overworking, stress, whatever it is. However, at what cost does that come? And so much of what we do has a cost long-term for what we do. So that's why we need to make sure that every single day we're taking preventative and proactive measures to take care of ourselves. Not because we're scared of what's gonna happen, because we know our body is a temple. We wanna treat the body as a temple and something that is to be cherished, taken care of, just as if you had a Lamborghini. I don't know how many people would have a Lamborghini and just trash their Lamborghini. How many people would leave McDonald's cups in the floor of the Lamborghini. No, you take care of it. You keep it extremely clean. You probably wouldn't even drive it on some roads. That's no different than our body. We need to make sure that we are keeping our body extremely clean. We're taking care of it, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, all those different things. And that's what my podcast is ultimately about, is doing all these things. So I know it's a little long-winded, but I just want to get into what I think of longevity is because all of these different things that I talk about contribute to longevity and how we are developing our own quality of life here on the planet. And we need to make sure that we're conscious of that and we don't have to be obsessed with it. We don't have to take it to super human levels, although that's, some things, that's something that I like to do sometimes. But we need to make sure that we're conscious of it and that we understand how our body works and how to treat our body because Again, we want to make sure that as we age and go into old age, that we're able to experience our family, able to enjoy the things that we love in life and also care about and cherish. So that's why I think this is so important. So as I go through these different metrics of longevity, really think about if they, first of all, if you correlate with any of them, if you notice a drop or an increase in certain ones so that you can monitor it better, but also 
understand why longevity is important. Why is it important to you? What do you want to accomplish here while you're on the planet? And what do you want to give back to the world? And understand that in order to do so, you really need to take care of your health and take preventative measures to ensure that you're exercising, eating the right foods, putting the right thoughts into your mind, treating people nicely, living at a high vibration, vibrational level of consciousness, and ultimately using your mind, body, and spirit to create an amazing reality around you. So that being said, let's jump on into these different metrics, and I'm going to kind of talk about how we can use each one. So number one is going to be hand grip strength. And obviously, I am someone that loves strength training, lifting weights, anything related to physical fitness. And I thought it was pretty cool that hand grip strength is actually highly correlated with longevity. So, and think about this if you ever meet someone, probably not recently because handshakes are kind of off the table right now. I know a lot of people that I meet with, interact with, others through work or whatever, nobody's doing the handshake anymore, which kind of stinks because there's something about actually touching another human being in that manner that develops rapport and everything. But anyway, think about a handshake. How many people do you know that have a wet noodle handshake versus a firm handshake. What do you think about that person with the wet noodle versus the firm handshake? I know most people, it's kind of implied that the person with the firm handshake is strong, vigorous, has vitality, or the person with the wet noodle might have a weak personality or just uh, low vibrational energy, and that's not something anybody wants to be associated with. But in middle age and elderly people, grip strength is consistently a predictor of mortality risk from all causes. So it's even better than blood pressure. So all those blood pressure machines that you see in different stores like Walmart or you go to the doctor and they have these blood pressure machines, you could actually just throw all those away and actually measure someone's hand grip strength and that would be a better predictor of how healthy they are. And actually in an older disabled woman, grip strength predicts all-cause mortality even when controlling for disease status, inflammatory load, depression, nutritional status, and inactivity. Poor grip strength is even an independent risk factor for type 2 diabetes across all ethnicities. So think about how powerful that is for a second. I talk about all the time minimizing inflammation and glycemic variability, but one thing that you can easily use to track that that you don't need fancy equipment, you don't need fancy biohacking technology or anything like that, is just hand grip strength. So when you go to shake someone's hand or when you grab something, whatever it is, how strong are you in that? And there's probably different things and you can use to measure that. They probably have little tools that you can do with your hand. But think about how strong your grip is. And one way that you can improve this is definitely by lifting weights and doing some sort of strength training. And I think that's why it's important, especially as opposed to cardio, that you do perform some sort of resistance training throughout your life because hand grip strength is going to be the biggest predictor of all cause mortality, again, even over disease status, inflammatory load, depression, nutritional status, and inactivity. So I think there's a lot going on there with different lifestyle and environmental factors that cause those things, but you can look at someone's hand grip strength and see, okay, that's directly correlated to how healthy you are. So pretty cool. Number two is walking speed. This kind of goes hand in hand with hand grip strength. A few years ago, a study of over 7,000 male and 31,000 female recreational walkers. I consider myself a recreational walker as well. I love to walk. It's something I feel like I do my best thinking when I'm walking, especially in nature, when I don't have headphones on or a cell phone or anything like that. But just a little side note. Uh, but anyway, this study found that walkers 
walking intent the walking intensity predicted mortality risk. So how about that? The pace at which someone walks actually will tell you whether they are more at risk for death and disease or not. Um, those who walk the fastest tended to die the least. Um, researchers in the study were looking at the natural walking speed for frequent walkers, and its tracked in length of lifespan was the natural walking speed of the participants. They had no idea they'd be graded. So they weren't told they were going to be measured on their walking speed. It was just a blind study where they measured a bunch of different things, and walking speed was one of them. However, it indicated that the people who died the least and had the highest likelihood of living were ones that walked more intensely. So think about that when you're walking throughout the day. Do you kind of saunter with your shoulders hunched over? Or do you walk out with your chest stuck out and you walk vigorously and, I don't want to say aggressively, but in a manner that holds yourself high, holds yourself of high esteem, because that kind of intercorrelates with all the different chemicals and hormones your body produces. So think about that when you're walking. Take some pride. I know that kind of sounds funny, but take pride in your walking speed and your walking posture and everything. And that is going to be another indicator of how healthy you are over time. Number three is going to be facial appearance. And this one is pretty obvious. However, you can see this manifest in people. If you look at someone that's 55 years old, there's people that are 55 that look like they're 35. And there's people that are 55 and they look like they're 75. But facial appearance, um, there's been several studies that indicate the perceived age of the face is a better predictor of mortality risk than objective, objective health markers, actual age, or cognitive function. More objective measurements as of aesthetic age, like wrinkling in areas exposed to the sun, also predict longevity as well. So think about that. Again, not to be super vain about this, but think about how your face looks, the age of your face, and how well you are taking care of your face. And again, that's going to be something that is manifested from a lot of the different lifestyle and environmental factors that are going in as inputs into your body. But again, as opposed to all these different metrics, the appearance of the face and how your face looks is going to be something that predicts mortality or is another indicator of longevity. And that's something I really got to be better about. I am not huge about doing a lot of skincare regimens or anything for my face. However, I know there's stuff out there that you can do and different products that you can use and try to help with skincare. And I think that's one thing that is something that we can all do a better job of is making sure that we take care of the skin of our skin on our face. But that's just another thing to keep in mind as you are monitoring your health. How does your facial appearance look? And I'm not talking about in terms of vanity, but just how healthy does it look? Are you gaunt? Are you... Is your face red? Is it something that your face is kind of, if you're overweight, is it stuffy and, you know, build up around your eyes and bags around your eyes and everything? So try to monitor that as you age. Number four is going to be a subjective opinion of one's quality of life. Now, let me explain a little bit more about this, what this means. So if you're happy with your physical and psychological health, social relationships, and your immediate environment, you may live longer. Shocker, I know. But having a poor opinion of your current lot in life may have the opposite effect. Even when those subjective opinions are compared to the objective measurements of your health, relationships, and your environment, subjective outlook is a better predictor of lifespan. So this kind of goes to how you actually see yourself. And this is going to be all inside of your mind. So if you're in America, regardless of how much money you make, what your income is, what your status is, anything like that, 
you're probably better off than eight out of 10 people in the entire world. So you're in the 80th to 90th percent, probably is even higher, but let's just be conservative. You're probably in the 80th to 90th percentile of people in the world in terms of wealth and the ability and opportunity to accomplish things. However, having done this to myself, and I'm sure you may have at some point too, we often complain about things and don't think that we have all that we need and compare ourselves to other people with more and then look at the subjective view of our life as something that's so terrible and it's so bad. However, if you want to live longer, if you want to have a longer health span and lifespan, look at what you do have. And this kind of goes back to gratitude. How grateful for you are the things around you. The fact that you were just able to get up today and draw breath and continue to be on the planet one more day, which I say that to myself as much as anybody else because I do struggle with that sometimes. What is your subjective opinion of your life? Because what you tell yourself, the narrative that you give yourself about where you are in life is going to determine the longevity that you have here on this planet. And if you come every day with appreciation versus a complaining attitude, I can tell you right now, as you age, it is going to manifest in your health and how you look and feel point blank period. So keep that in mind. Number five, this is one of my favorite, muscle. So I've always said the lean muscle mass is a metabolic reservoir for healthy aging. Skeletal muscle produces important proteins, metabolites that regulate recovery from trauma and injury. The more you have, the better you'll recover from surgeries, burns, falls, breaks, punctures, and damage. The more muscle you start with, the more you can spare wasting, and the better you'll bounce back from bed rest and other forms of forced inactivity as you age. And uh, expression of clotho, which is also known as the longevity protein, is even strongly dependent on the strength of one's skeletal muscle. So again, can't harp on this fact enough, and you see this come up through some of these other predictors, is the amount of muscle that you have on your body is going to determine how healthy you are. So if you're not someone that strength trains, there are other ways to strength train other than just doing meathead bodybuilding type workouts. You can do resistance bands training, which are amazing for developing bone density and muscle. So there are a ton of different ways that you can tone your muscle, increase your muscle mass. But that is something, and especially I think over the last 30 to 40 years in the health health and nutrition industry that hasn't been as focused on, but developing and putting on muscle in your body is going to help you live a longer life again, point blank period. So that's something you need to focus on. Number six is life purpose. And this one is kind of a dandy to get into, but the popular notion that being driven to achieve your goals increases wear and tear on the body and destroys your health seems right. Seems like the good idea, right? But you're sacrificing sleep for work, neglecting loved ones, choosing work over exercise, eating junk food instead of cooking. Obviously, that's going to have a negative effect. But it turns out that having some something to live for helps you live longer and lowers the disease burden. So life purpose predicts allostatic load or just the reduction of age-related wear and tear. Um, but we often think of someone that is super obsessed with their work as probably being a little unhealthy, which it can be to some extent. However, on the flip side of that, if you have a strong, driven mission and purpose here on the planet, that is another predictor of longevity. So that's something that every human, if you're here, has inside us. Unfortunately, the social conditioning that we have been given over time has eroded this in my opinion, and it's something that we really, really have to work on strongly. And that's going to change over time. But to develop that, you really have to meditate. You really have to have intuition within yourself to understand what your purpose here. And again, that's not something that's going to be set in stone. Your purpose will change as you age. However, connecting with that and being able to understand that inside of your own head and your own mind is going to be something that is huge for longevity. Number seven is intelligence. 
Obviously, intelligent people live longer across all causes of mortality. Having a higher IQ infers protection. To some point, the quicker reaction times also accompany higher IQs. If you're smarter, you'll probably have an extra fraction of a second to swerve out of the uh, path of something hitting you and avoiding things like that, avoiding accidents. Um, so reaction time along with intelligence helps. But um, intelligence is also a precursor for healthy behaviors and prudent practices so that you don't smoke, drink, drink do drugs, alcohol, all those different things. So I don't think intelligence is necessarily fixed. I've got a great book on my bookshelf over there called Mindset by Carol Dweck, which talks about the idea that intelligence is something that can be gained, learned over time, regardless of wherever you're at. However, if you do develop it, it is going to be a predictor of a longer lifespan because you're going to be listening to podcasts like mine where you learn things and make yourself a better version than the day you were before. So again, if you're listening to this, kudos because you already are on the path to having more intelligence, but that is something that we can grow and increase over time, even throughout old age. Number eight is going to be our white blood cell count. So white blood cells, also known as leukocytes, are the primary agent of our immune system. They battle pathogens, infections, and foreign invaders. Many diseases are associated with white blood cell deficiencies. So it is obvious that uh, more blood, white blood cells are going to be correlated with longer lifespan. Um, However, uh, leukocyte counts on the lower end are a normal predictor of longevity that only seems to be true in healthy men and women. So it's unlikely to persist in unhealthy or immunocompromised populations who actually need white blood cells. But if you are a healthy person, the count of white blood cells you have is going to be a good predictor of longevity, assuming that you are healthy all else around. Number nine is going to be autophagy. So autophagy, autophagy is basically just the idea of cellular maintenance. Um, it's how our cells recycle waste within our body, remove free radicals and repair themselves. It's required to maintain muscle mass as we age and inhibits age-induced uh, age-related atrophy um, of skeletal muscle as we age. Also reduces the negative effects of aging and the progression of aging-related diseases. And researchers have determined that autophagy is the essential aspect of anti-aging mechanism of fasting. So again, one of the most powerful things you can do for autophagy is fasting. And again, the fasting window is really for men going to be that 18 hour window for women, probably 15 to 16 hours. Um, but people who live past 100 have higher levels of the primary autophagy biomarker, meaning their cells are maintaining themselves longer and slowing down the aging process. So again, this is something that fasting is one of the more powerful things that you can do. Ketosis, caloric restriction, exercise, and dietary polyphenols are also huge as well. So that's something, again, I talk about those practices all the time. But when you do those, you're going to induce autophagy within your cells, helping them repair and have more maintenance over time, thereby slowing the aging process. And the last one is going to be the anti-aging pathway activation of NRF2. So NRF2 unleashes many antioxidant pathways increases glutathione, and has been shown to trigger the anti-aging phenotype in animal studies. Um, the way you can induce this, so foods in the brassica family, which include broccoli, kale, cabbage, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts, all contain sulforaphane, a potent NRF2 activator. Um, another NRF2 activator is curcumin, found in turmeric, um, which you will see in a lot of foods and then supplements as well. Um, now, the carnivore people might have a problem with that, but a lot of the science points to those things that they can be 
good for you. So again, that one is a little bit more up for debate, especially everything that's going around with carnivore versus vegan and everything. But I don't think it is a bad thing at all to eat some of those foods at least maybe a couple times a week just to activate some of the NRF2 so that you're upregulating the production of glutathione, which is really healthy for you as well. So those were 10 predictors of longevity. Hopefully that helped a little bit to enlighten you about how we can monitor our vitality and longevity over time, how we can do things to increase our health span and lifespan, and how we can sometimes step back and really see the big picture about our health and why we want to live long in the first place and why we're here. So hopefully that was helpful. If you have any feedback at all, definitely drop a comment below. Join the Facebook group. Come on over there. It's going to be a cool party inside if you want to join up. So I will talk to you guys soon. Peace.